0: Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your hosts, Tim Ficararo and Megan Finner. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Tim.
1: And I'm Megan.
0: And we're so glad you can join us as you are living your life and heading toward your emerging future. Hopefully you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more and have more. So we just came out of Christmas we did and for those of you who don't celebrate Christmas that's fine as well mm-hmm. but we do and um so I'm sure that you found out that Santa likes you
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think he's I think so
0: okay cool yeah. so did he like read your list
1: uh well I didn't really send an official list but I definitely got some things that were very appreciated well cool. So maybe he just like read my thoughts
0: Or you told him.
1: Yeah, or maybe I told the elf
0: that's in my house. Yeah, I was going to say, because, yeah, (laughs) you got to talk to the elf, (laughs) which those of you who listened a couple of, well, one episode back, you'll know that the elf knows. Yes, the elf knows. The elf knows. (laughs) So um, here's a thing that um, is really cool. The New England Patriots have the number one seed in the AFC for The um, playoffs So I just want to go ahead and tell you And for the ninth year in a row They have won the AFC East And they are the number one seed For the playoffs They have home field advantage So if they keep winning All roads to the Super Bowl Lead through New England I just have to tell you that Okay? That's awesome I know you're happy (laughs) Because you don't care But that's okay
1: No, I'm super happy I am joyous about that
0: (laughs) Thank you. That was my gift.
1: Uh, but even better, Notre Dame is playing today. I know they are. So that's pretty
0: awesome. That is much. LSU. Well, that is much that playing LSU. That's mm-hmm. right. And if they do not show up and play very, very well, I probably will be uh, upset.
2: <laughs>
0: because they should be LSU. Yeah. They better. Yeah, I agree. Because if they don't, um, I don't know. I may not talk to you for like a month. <laughs>
1: And so yeah, also everybody, welcome to 2018.
0: It's a brand new year. It
1: is a brand new year.
0: It's a whole new world. <laughs> Don't you dare hold your breath.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have an awesome uh, guest for you guys today, but before we get to that, I have a question for Tim. Drop it. All right, what?
0: The question that is
1: Is your favorite Christmas tradition and or memory?
0: from when i was a a little
1: tyke like or you're, like all, of all time
0: of all time
1: yeah tradition and or memory so you can pick or okay both. well
0: we called him ghetto claus <laughs> and it's because we got robbed <laughs> when we lived in an apartment and we <laughs> were kids your favorite memory <laughs> <laughs> No, it's because what happened after. Oh, okay, okay. So it broke my mom's heart. Aww. And yeah, so Ghetto Claws, that's what we call him Ghetto Claws, Ghetto Claws. He <laughs> lives in the hood. He will take all your gifts if you are not good. So, like, literally, we made a song. Like, we sing it. Like, instead of, you know, Jingle Bells, Jingle we, yeah. we go, Ghetto Claus, Ghetto <laughs> Claus. He lives in the hood. He will take all your toys if you aren't good. <laughs> so, like, literally, that's, like, the way we... So, anyways, what happened was some people knew about this and yeah. gifts were replaced. And, like, because we woke up and we had nothing.
1: Aw, that's so sad. It
0: was me and my brother.
1: Yeah.
0: And my mom was distraught.
1: Yeah. Well, of course,
0: because it was a B and E where I grew up. That's what right. happened. Yeah, I mean it's a real story. But yeah. the nice thing was, was we were there. We, me and my brother, we were able to comfort my mom and mm-hmm. love on her. And then next thing you know, throughout whatever, we got some gifts and it was really good. And, and it was good because my mom worked very, very hard, mm-hmm. and and we were also very, very good. Not. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my. It's a. It's it's a powerful one. Yeah. It just showed that. It it wasn't about anything Mm -hmm. It was You know what I mean It wasn't about what you got It was about really like Is it really there And can you You know Can you go through it Or whatever Mm -hmm. And But it taught me At that point I knew how Now that I'm older I knew how hard My mom worked
1: Yeah Well and it's just cool That the community And people who knew about it Came together And Community Yeah you were still able to Have a nice It was cool So I'm sorry if
0: I made anybody (laughs) sad.
1: No, I mean, that has a happy ending.
0: It does. It has a very happy and ending.
1: And now everybody has a song they can sing. Right.
0: They do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I grew up that way. So I'm sorry for those of you listening. <laughs> Don't get offended. Don't. This is not PC stuff. I literally lived in that. I'm not celebrating whatever, but it's a true existence. It's a real yeah. thing. And you grow. You yeah. Learn.
1: So like you have Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, you have that version, and you have the original.
0: In the original, yeah, and then you have the one that I just gave you guys, right? Which only my family knows.
1: <laughs> now now that the
0: knows. now whoever's listening to this knows this song. <laughs> uh,
1: so our guest on today's show is. Terry Ogburn. He is a business coach and um, he actually has a proprietary coaching system. He works a lot on the business development side of things and focuses on the bottom line. But what was really neat about our conversation with him is that he really opened up about his background and um, even things about his past and his childhood and just the type of person that he is. So we had just a great conversation with him.
0: And for me, the simplest thing is just, it was internal. Like you can just tell, you could ask him anything and he's not going to try to like run through his brain and try to, you know, capture whatever. You can tell just, it just comes out Mm -hmm. and you can tell like he's made a life of living this stuff Mm -hmm. instead of being able to answer correctly, you know what I mean? Or with a good idea.
1: Yeah. And I think that what was, um, one thing that I really liked that he said was that, uh, you have to overcome your fears through education. So, and i'm I love that because I think that so many times people are people are afraid of things that they don't understand. So he just said, you know, if you if there's something that you have a fear about or something you're uncertain of, the most powerful way to overcome that is by educating yourself and um, always looking to learn and to improve,
0: which you can never, I feel go wrong with that. So, um, hey, if you want to get in touch with us and uh, we would love for you to do that, you can reach out to us at Tim at. UphillConversations.co or Megan at UphillConversations.co on Facebook, Uphill Conversations, on our website. Um, that is our web address is UphillConversations.co, and we would love for you to listen to our um, conversations with young professionals, UCYP.co, and then our uh, Twitter. I got to remember the Twitter one, don't I?
1: At Uphill combo.
0: Right, and we also have the gram of Insta.
1: We do have Instagram,
0: right? So it's like a, it's not a Telegram. It's an Instagram. It's <laughs> an <to> Instagram. <laughs> Which is?
1: At Uphill Compo.
0: Right. Yeah. There we go. That's
1: and okay. also just because obviously you realized we took a week off for the holiday. Yes. So we hope that everybody had a restful, fun, safe week. And I we all hope that you had fun last night too. Yes. And that you're feeling okay today.
0: I hope you're feeling well. And getting
1: some rest because you probably stayed up late.
0: And hydrated. <laughs> so... <laughs> Without any further delay, let's jump into this wonderful conversation with our new friend, Terry.
1: Welcome to the show, Terry. Why don't you tell our guests a little bit about who you are and how you're showing up in the world?
2: Oh, good. And thank you, Megan and Timothy, for having me on your show. Um, I, I started my first company in, in 1979 after being fired out of the car business. And I started my business uh, as uh, I'd say most people do as a technician. I was a, I knew how to work on air conditioners, so I ventured into that uh, world. And my first mentor was the regional president for IBM, and so he kind of took me under his wing and started showing me some to, to take me out of the technical concept of business and more of the working on your business. So I ran that for. 10 years, and then I sold that to my um, employees, and then I uh, took my system and pro- uh, processes on the road. I went into the corporate America world, uh, turned a major corporation around, then was moved to Miami, became a part of a team that um, went public. We took a idea from a kitchen table. Two and a half years later, it went out. Our IPO landed at a little over $13 million after a $5 million investment. Um, then I went on into the corporate world doing work for uh, like Radio Shack, Century 21, Metricall Paging, AT&T Wireless, some of the big guys. And then in 2005 and the downturn, when our economy started going uh, south, I decided to open up a consulting business. Uh, And I call it Ogburn's Business Solutions. I provide solutions for people who need help. And that was um, as of this past weekend, Megan and Timothy, that was 12 years ago.
1: Wow, that's awesome. Um, well, I, I'm so intrigued by this, by your story and how, you know, you you said you you got out of the car business and all, all of a sudden you had this idea, you know, I'm gonna start this company with a little over a hundred dollars in my pocket. And I've listened to you on a couple other podcasts and you told a story about how, you know, you've been enterprising since you were a young man. So was the entrepreneurial I guess that path, was that something that you knew you always wanted to go down or did you just sort of jump into it without much thought?
2: Uh, Actually, I have to give all that credit to my dad, um, Megan. My dad was Air Force and so um, just military people uh, think differently as I've grown in, you know, grown up in that world. Um, Military people think differently than civilian people as they, you know, Cliche here. Um, But my dad had me going out as a young guy, you know, seven, eight years old, and I would have to knock on doors and and sell grit newspapers or or something, Christmas cards, something like that. And so one day I wanted I was about 12 years old and I wanted a a bicycle. And he says, well, how are you going to pay me for it? And that was when I created my first uh, business plan. That wasn't a formal thing. It was just how many customers did I need for paper route in order to pay him back. And I was earning a nickel. I, I could earn a nickel per customer. So I had to figure out how many weeks and so forth that I would, it would take me to pay off this $30 bicycle. That's, that's incredible.
0: I was a paper boy with my older brother. And uh, it was interesting paper routes that we, we had to do. And I'm from Connecticut originally. And we would get up at the crack of dawn, pick up the papers, deliver them, come back for the second load, deliver those, then get home, get ready for school, ride the bus, all that stuff. And, and I know what – you know, a nickel, people don't realize, you know, you're just like – excited over that nickel (laughs) (laughs) and but I do like um I think I learned the lesson a little quicker than my my brother did but we were raised by my mom she was a single mom and um and that's what she would do like I would see something I would want it my mom would say okay I, I she would get it and then she would say but I need your plan on how you're gonna pay it back and then she would get I would give her a plan she'd give me whatever it was um that I had and I had to work for it my mom would always say to me now remember this is mine this belongs to me not you. And so I also learned another lesson with that is don't treat it like it's yours. Treat it like it doesn't belong to you.
2: <laughs> and that's a, that's a good advice. Congratulations to your mom because yeah. when you think in that direction, you take care of it a lot better Right. Right. (laughs) And so and so with that background
0: and how you moved with that, like as you got a little older, how did you find like because there's some people that feel like, well, that's an anomaly. You don't have to do it that way. Like I have a 17 year old. He's about to go to college. And right now he's he had to do for his economy class. He's doing this project where basically he has to build his lifestyle based on what 60 plus percent of Americans do, which is pretty much have, you know, all kinds of debt. A house like consuming forty five to fifty percent of your income, like it's a mess. And he has, and so basically, it's to help him. And so I've always told him that, but he's in the class and he already gets it. But he's just doing it. He's having to go through this in his class before you know it's one of his his grades for graduating. And. What was interesting is he told me how many kids don't think that way because their example is very different, and but they don't really maybe know the truth of their family. So what about you in your life and that opposition? as you said, you know you grew up with in a military household. It's very different than civilian thinking. Like when you had that entrepreneurial drive, that planning concept, that figuring out how many nickels will it take? How many customers will it take for me to get the nickel and how many nickels it take to get the bike and blah blah blah. What was that like for you? Did you feel like you were just, you know, a, you know, a, a spotted owl in the middle of, you know, uh, uh, you know, everyone else is just, here's this plain owl and here you are this spotted owl. Did you feel like the big sore thumb standing out and how did you work through that? Did you feel yourself alone? Did you feel isolated?
2: Um, uh, actually, uh, no, Timothy, the, uh, I guess when you're, you know, and we've, you know, as entrepreneurs and people in business and whatever. We understand that, you know, we grow up with paradigms. And see, I didn't know that that wasn't the way other kids were doing things. I didn't know that that wasn't the regimented, the disciplines and different things that we had in our household. I just assume everybody else was going through some similar part of that. Uh, When I was growing up, we didn't have, we had to earn, no matter who you were. Um, it didn't matter if it was my family, military family, anybody in, in our world. You you earned your money whether you were paper routes or lawn mowing business or Kool Aid stands or whatever. We just didn't have the money that these kids today have or access to. Let's put it, because we're spending you know way more money than we ever make back then. You know my mom was a stay at home mom and. Um, the only time she ever took a job was if we needed, you know, something. I can remember I was about 12 or 14 years old, and that uh, early teenager, and my mom wanted a defreeze, and so she just took, was uh, started taking in laundry and doing things for the uh, people in the neighborhood until she got up enough money to buy her a defreezer.
1: I love that. So, Terry, I'm just sitting listening to you. My my mom was a stay at home mom too, and really similar. I um I remember when I was, gosh, probably six or seven years old, going door to door selling flowers. Or I remember whittling um, with a. Basically, an exacto knife and little uh, scraps of wood, keychains, and selling them when I was in fourth grade. And uh, my my parents were very much the same in that. And my mom uh, was mostly a stay at home mom, but there were times when, because of my dad's job and and things changed, she also had to go back to work. Um, and and I think that it is different uh, than what some of my other friends experienced growing up. But that really helped prepare me uh, going into life. Because if I asked my mom for $20, she would write it down in a book. And she kept track. And she kept mm-hmm. track of every dollar that I owed her. Now, she didn't charge me interest, <laughs> which is <was laughs> nice. Um, but I think that that's, you know, that is a great lesson um, to learn when you're young. So... I guess with this whole idea of entre- being an entrepreneur and it sounds like, you know, you've always sort of had just this drive and something you said it came from your parents, from your dad, but even your mom uh, in showing that to you, you you share in one of your um, blogs that fear, uncertainty and doubt. Uh, Um, have always been the greatest enemies of success and happiness. And two major fears that stand out as the greatest obstacle on a road to success are the fear of failure or loss and the fear of criticism or rejection. So for you, as you were starting out and making these shifts in your career from entrepreneur to corporate and just as you sort of created your own path, how did you overcome these obstacles in the early years? And then did you continue to find yourself up against them along the way?
2: Um, Megan, could you repeat the obstacle? I, I, I missed that.
1: Sure. Um, so, the two major fears that stand oh, as. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, just my, how, my apologies. No, that's okay. Um,
2: uh, well, you know, I guess when we were little, you know, young people in our neighborhood, you know, my world, Uh, we were taught not to fear being a military. Um, my dad being military fear is is the difference between courage is about three seconds and a coward. Okay. So you get that instant, you drive forward. And I think that's what we learned as kids, uh, more than anything is whenever adversity comes to us, we're supposed to put our head down and, and move forward through it. Um, we were taught young and i have spread this you know even throughout my the people i work with when we come to an ambush we have three things that we are we could do we could stay there just hunker down and eventually you know if they they were out to hurt us they would that would come true we could run and then that would be a coward and they if they really wanted us they would just chase us down but what i learned early on was that you have to get through that obstacle so you go under it over it around it doesn't matter. Just get to the other side. And I've always um, uh, put in my mindset is that's when the dark side is a, is is raising up against us, and that means that we're closer to pay dirt than we realize. Because it's always darkest before it's dawn. So if you're if you're afraid of something, get more education. So that was my big thing. I have. Uh, that was a proponent of my dad was he just inspires us to be educated. He's 97 today and he's still with us and he's uh, in a veteran's home on his own power, but he's still to this day, for the little ones, he has two great, great grandsons and two great, great granddaughters. And he, t- he still shares that information, learn, he focuses on uh, continuing education. So when I uh uh, I was a coach for Tony Robbins for a while uh, with his people, and he's got the same concept, you know, continuous learning. Uh, learning takes pa- takes us past the uh, the fears. And then two, the other thing is that when we look at an obstacle or looking at something in front of us, it looks like this huge mountain that we there's no way that we can get through it. But the funny thing is, and we've all heard this, uh, as soon as you start taking steps towards it, the mountain starts to come down. So I was on a call with um, uh, or one of my clients and This is a couple years ago, and uh, he's still with me today, and a uh, new salesperson. So I said, OK, Jacob, just get in front of – just pick the person in front of you, and let's just get in front of him. And so we focused on just getting him in front of the first guy, and then we put our sights on the second guy. And what happens more times than not is that inertia that you're building up just to try to get a, get past that first – person and then passed that second one, and then he was catapulted right into uh, first place in the sales uh, arena, which was about 12 salespeople on the floor, and then he has remained there for the last year and a half. That's powerful.
0: And I love how you, it's more of a guidance. And I love that, that you're, you you know, you take the time to walk them through the steps. And, um, one of my favorite quotes is all education consists mainly of everything we've had to unlearn. And, uh, (laughs) and I love that because that is continuous improvement is unlearning the, you know what I mean? Things that are no longer, you know, true relevant or they never were maybe, but learning the other things that are going to help us with it, with those deeper, um, uh, desires and, in um, uh, according to intent, you know, how, why, why we're even here and how we're supposed to show up. And we need that help and we need good voices like you, uh, in our ears and, and as a person who enjoys coaching and coaching others, I just, um, I like that. I can tell that you're really good at it. Uh, just wanted to say, um, thank you. But, you know, um, I, I, I noticed on your wow sheet that, you know, Think and Grow Rich, which is one of my favorite books. I love Napoleon Hill um, along with some others. And and there was one there was one statement that I, you know, when I'm thinking about this is, you know, under underneath, you know, your mind cannot, you know, positive and negative emotions cannot occupy the mind at the same time, you know, because one or the other is going to dominate you know? And so it's, it's our responsibility to make sure that the positive emotions constitute the dominant influence of our mind. And, and when fear comes, um, there's a guest we had, uh, Greg Centineo. And I love what he said is there's, there's two types of fear. There's an appropriate fear and an inappropriate fear, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's okay. You're not saying, and I just want you to talk a little bit about this. You're not saying that if you have fear, there's something wrong with you.
2: No. In fact, um, most um, heroic or most people are they excel in fear when they're when their backs against the wall, so to speak, and their their fear kicks, you know, that adrenaline, that endorphin uh, kicks in. um, Oftentimes and you probably heard this. Both of you probably heard where our subconscious can do some miraculous things when it doesn't know that it that it has to like lift heavy objects off of people and, don't, and we didn't even have the normal strength to do that, but we muster up this, this, uh, this strength from our endorphins. And you mentioned something here. That's uh, very important. Our, our mind is programmed to go negative. That is our, that is our default. If we, that's just the way human nature are. We have to really work at, at practicing and instowing into our subconscious that, the positive side. So in the positive side is where we get those endorphins. And that's where that adrenaline comes from. Uh, the negative will cause us the, that tough uh, stuff to suppress. The other thing I wanted to mention too, is like fear. And we've all done something, but I'm a big believer in um, thinking, and grow rich, as you know, and there's affirmations and things like that. But fear to me means face everything and rise to the occasion. Uh, Other people say, you know, uh, false false expectation appearing real. That kind of leads us to negative as well. But but I like that. Let's face everything and rise to the occasion.
0: In your world, when you work with folks getting through fear and, and those, because those are all challenging things. Those all feel hard. They feel difficult. So when you help a person first get to the positive, as you said, face everything and rise, so you start there, but then when you move them into these other components, ingredients that are folded in, in order to advance, how do you help them with the hard part?
2: I give you and your listeners four steps right now. You guys uh, uh, would like me to share these with you. Absolutely. Okay. The first the first step that we need to do when it comes to anything, it really doesn't matter, uh, is the decision that you're going to to be the best or you're going to do this or whatever decision that you need to make. Like, let's say time management, for an example. Uh, most people have trouble with time management and that's, uh, they, that's where the fear, I think, starts is they never have enough time to do anything, you know. Um, but once you make a decision to become the Best at whatever it is that you're going to do. You you got to have that total 100% commitment that you're going to burn the boats if it, if you have to to make sure that you're going to be the best that you can possibly be. That's the decision. Now the second thing is you have to put disciplines in your life to make sure that those the decisions that you make come to fruition. So in other words, you can't be uh, wanting to build a uh, stellar business and then spend half your time on the beach. You you really have to be focused and determined. <laughs> you mean, mean down there You're, with you? <laughs> I beg your pardon. Down there with you
0: on the on the, coming to visit you in Florida so we can get on the beach.
2: <laughs> yeah, you ca- anytime both of you. More than welcome <laughs> to come here to but where But we I can't. Am. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. You walk out my front door and we can we can from my front door to toes in the water is ten minutes. So oh wow, <laughs> that's uh, I live in a very God has blessed me so well. Uh, I don't have to pay the taxes of all those guys that live on the water, but hey, just across the bridge and I'm there. So (laughs) I live about five blocks from the intercoastal, actually. So So once we... You know, and we have to work on these disciplines and we have to be, you know, because disciplines are hard. You know, those are bad habits we have to unlearn and so forth. And you put affirmations, give you one. Uh, I used to uh, smoke cigarettes and 1980, I found that my son was going to be born. So I decided to quit cigarettes. So um didn't want him growing up in that environment. So I chose lifesavers to replace them not so much because it was candy, but more so because every time I ate one, I realized that I was saving my life. So these are the disciplines that I'm talking about. You have to really uh, go out of your way to put good affirmations or, uh, as Tony Robbins talks about it, incand, uh, incandescence. I mean, in, I can't say the word now, but anyway, it's a, it's more than an affirmation. It's a, it's a can-do concept. And then the third thing is that you must put, um, to, you must be decisive. So you, you have to make, the. Uh, in fact, I give everybody permission to procrastinate on anything that has nothing to do with their goals. So uh, when you uh, when you become decisive, you're focusing on your goals and you have to keep your goals, you know, written out and keep them in front of you. You have to go over them on a, on a constant basis. I learned a long time ago in the... Um, Harvard Business School did a goal study story, uh, and they took 100 people, and they looked at them, and only 3% of the graduating class in 1979 actually had written goals for themselves. That 84% of the people had no written goals. They just had – they kind of followed along behind the, um, the worlds and the economic trade winds. There were 13% of the people that had goals in, in their head, but they didn't write them out. The, f- the interesting thing was the 3% of the people were making on average 10 per- 10 times the amount of money that the other 97% of the people were oh. and it was all um, it's all based on making sure you're doing the right things for the right reasons and then the most important component of this is visualization so the step fourth step is you have to see yourself as being uh, already in possession of the money or this or whatever it is, you already have the decisions that you make, you already have to ha- have this vision. We think in pictures. So the more pictures we put in front of us, that's why vision boards work. That's, you know, you come into my condo and the first thing you guys would say would be, oh, my goodness, your whole condo is nothing but vision board because it does. It has everything that I want to do or have done or participated in or whatever it's about my whole life. I'm surrounded here uh, with the pictures of things that I want.
0: That's so good. And I love, that's what I'll say to people. You have to see it. You have to see yourself in it. Like, you know, someone that says, Hey, one day I'd like to have this, Hey, go knock on that. You know, like this house, I would like to have a house like that. I say, go knock on the door, ask them if you can take a picture of yourself standing on that porch, (laughs) you know, like, so in other words, if you want the physical equivalent of it, you've got to put yourself in the picture. And that's what most people don't do. Or what they'll do is just put themselves in a picture that's false and they never do anything, as you said, the other ones, be decisive, the disciplines, and deciding. They're not doing the other parts of it. So you have to – it's the combination of all of those to get it, uh, the physical equivalent.
2: I love that. That's great. Yep. Um, the uh, – many times, many times we um, we let our – the also the false visions – you know, or the affirmations that come in say, "Oh, we," you know, somebody says you can't do that. Well, if my, if if I walked into my mom and said um, I can't do this, she'd say, "Go get the dictionary and find that word for me." And of course, I already knew that she'd cut the di- the word "can't" out of the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she did not believe in any "can't," just did not exist in, in her world or my dad's world.
1: Yeah, and and I'll say that I'm definitely I think of that school of thought. So the the one guaranteed way to get to get me to do something is to tell me that I can't do it. <laughs>
2: exactly, Megan. That's it. You you um you, that if you heard my dad right now, he would say the same thing. It was always let Terry do it.
1: Let yeah, Terry do it. yeah. Do so yeah, it. don't my, don't tell me I was, can't because that's a my challenge. My mom <laughs> used
2: to tell a story that even when I was a little fellow, you know, just 18 months old, she'd want to be changing me, and, and I'd be screaming, "Let me do it! Let me do it here!" <laughs> you know so anyway, just uh, no that's
1: fine stuff. I've got a uh, I have a two and a half year old she'll actually be three at the end of January and she is I thought my first uh, my first daughter was independent my second is far more, pr- proving to be far more independent, so I, I hear that. Um, well, so I, I really like those four steps, and I think it's really great because that's such a wonderful, actionable, tangible thing that people can, you know, all the l- listeners listening to this podcast, they can take away, and they can really put in put into action. And I'm curious, Terry, what are some of the disciplines that you have on a daily, weekly, you know, monthly basis uh, to help you move towards Toward that direction you've decided to go?
2: Okay, good. Good question. Great. Um, uh, You have to have a lot. So there's the, so it's a good long answer to this question. So first is that there are six dimensions in life. And I think we would all agree, you know, you have to spiritual, mental, physical, financial, emotionally, and socially. So you have to be disciplined in each one of those areas. And so we start with, with the, the, your core. So you have to have core, um, you have to have your core values and you have to have a purpose. Like my pur- purpose is bridge the gap between dreams and reality. Every client that I've ever worked for, whether it be with in my air conditioning company all the way up to where I'm at today, there's, there's always this dream of where people want to be and then there's reality and then there's this glass ceiling that we keep bumping our heads on. And I was that way in, in, uh, air, in the air conditioning world until I got, you know, the secrets. Um, so that's my purpose. And then you have a, a, a core values. Uh, one of my, uh, greatest successes is time management and the, Time management is so elusive and people say, oh, well, I'm spontaneity, you know, I have to do this. You don't understand. if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me I didn't understand them uh, or their world, I'd, I wouldn't even have to work. You wouldn't have to work. <laughs> both of you wouldn't have to work. But, um, But to me, it's like a discipline for me is, mm. is evaluating my day. So every day I sit down and I close my day off. So I'll say, it doesn't have to be every certain time every day, although a good discipline to start is to say, okay, every day at 4.30 or 6 or whatever. And you reflect back on your day and you say, okay, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? What could I have done better? And you have to be honest with yourself. You know, you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror and hold yourself accountable for the things that you said you were going to do today. Then the next uh, discipline is that I put uh, my goals out for tomorrow, and I start the night before. So that gives my subconscious a chance to, to f- departmentalize them, put them in their right focus, and then, um, then the next morning you go over them again. I like time blocking because I break my projects up into bite-sized little pieces. I'm a big f- uh, proponent of eat your elephant one bite at a time. I do not – Uh, ever take a project that I don't start with figuring out all the baby steps that it that it takes and then programming them into my uh, into my time schedule. I plan a week. Uh, Most people say, well, I'll plan a month or I'll plan. The best uh, planning is to plan one week at a time and then uh, evaluate your your daily movement towards the uh, towards your week goal. But it's also disciplines of Eating right, it's disciplines in your uh, making sure that your health, your mental growth. We have six human needs, and uh, the first one is certainty. So, we need to make sure we have certain um, the certainties are in our life, you know, whether our car has to start, electricity has to be on, whatever our certainties are. But we also need uh, some uncertainties in our life as well, and those uncertainties are our goals. And the more goals we have, um, the, the easier it is for us to get to where we want to be. We have to have uh, some variety in our life, so we have to keep that, we have to keep it you know, fresh and new. We also need to feel significant. We gain significance by, um, by doing good things and being a, a part of the community and getting out there. And then there's connection and there's growth and there's contribution. So we have to take these um, uh, six disciplines in life uh, so when you take spiritual, you got to be connected spiritually. You mentioned it earlier, Tim, uh, the Timothy, the the uh, infinite intelligence. We have to be, we have to have an entrepreneurial spirit. We have to have that. Not just talking about God. I'm just talking about spirit, a good spirit inside of us. And then we work on all the other dimensions, uh, mental. We have to grow those things. And when you start taking those six things and you start putting those uh, little bits and pieces into your life, you create structure. Like in a, uh, businesses, the, the biggest thing that I can help a business with is actually infrastructure. I'm a coach. I'm a consultant. Um, but what I do, what I label myself as uh, or the USP that I bring to the table is I am in, in business development. See, I contribute to the bottom line to every customer that I take on. That means that I'm working on uh, – I roll up my shirt sleeves with them, and we actually work on the business. Uh, I'm not a guy that comes in and says, well, let me look at your budgets, and I'll find my way onto your payroll through cut, you know, cutting budgets or coaching you. When I coach with people, I'm right there with them in the trenches and making sure that they hold themselves accountable. I can hold them accountable, but it's not as good as if I can actually get them to hold themselves accountable. Infrastructure, all businesses need. Like, um, you know, I'm a uh, you know, I have three assistants, but I'm basically a one-person thing. But my focus is coaching side of it, or being with involved with the with the clients. My three assistants, what they do, they work on all the 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 stuff necessary to make sure that that my infrastructure is together. So that's paying the bills, all that kind of stuff. So we need accounts payable. We need accounts receivable. We need marketing. We need all those things. Even though we're all you know, in business uh, for ourselves, we still have to carve out time to be that marketing person or we have to be that salesperson or we have to be that bookkeeper. Um, then there's financial planning. So there's a lot of disciplines that we need to put into our life. And we have to start slowly, though, guys. Because if we try to put too much, if we try to step outside of our comfort zone too far, we'll actually come back inside of our comfort zone and actually get more fear-based. And really, fear-based is nothing more than ego. So if we get rid of the ego and get into just being humble and and modest and just deal with things honestly, those would be the the best disciplines I could um, offer.
0: Those are great. I love them. And, um, you know, I heard a guy define discipline as tell yourself something and do it. (laughs) You know, it's like, I mean, just you got to do it. Give yourself a command and, and do it. And then through time doing that. With repetition, creating habit, you know, figure out how long that habit lasts, you know, or, or needs to go. Like, is it, if you're going to track it, is it 88 days? Is it 60 days? And they were like, how about this? Take it until you know you don't have to ask yourself that question anymore. <laughs> <You> Un- <know? laughs> unconscious
2: competence That's- is one of the things that I absolutely believe in. Yep. In fact, every primary aim or every goal that I write for a clump, for a client, the last two words is unconscious competence. We drive, you know, we get in our car, we get in there, we say we have something in our in our brain called a a reticular activating system. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. Um, And when it's like our little executive secretary. So anything we put in our uh, reticular activating system, the brain will go for it. So we get there, we sit down in the car, say, okay, I'm going home. All right, so we get in the car, we drive home, we pull up in the driveway, and then we realize, did we stop at all the traffic lights? Did we obey all the laws? Well, of course you did. You're sitting in the driveway. But we can be so intent on getting home that we'll forget to go to the, pick up the dry cleaning or run the errand we were supposed to do before we get home. We've oftentimes had to turn around and go back. Um, If you looked at my desk, just for, it's funny you mentioned that, Timothy, but if on my desk there's a, a glass enclosure, Uh, With a Nike golf ball sitting, you know, on the pedestal. And obviously, you know what that that golf ball there is for, right? Right. To remind me that the only thing that's on the golf ball is the Nike Swish. That's right. All it does is remind me, it doesn't matter whatever I'm doing, just do it. I was working with a uh, client had sent over because I, I have an eight-step business development plan that I, you know, we customize for each company for each person I work with. So I'm working with this guy in Iowa, and he sends me over his version because you have to make it personalized. You have to make it your yours, you know. And I said, okay, well, if you don't mind, I'll clean it up a little bit and get it the the formatting done so it's easier to read and so forth. He says, no, no, go right ahead. I said, I not want you. So uh, last night it was, uh, I promised him that it would, that he would have it um, Monday uh, for opening uh, day uh, of the week. And so last night I found myself at uh, like 1030 emailing it off to him because I was bound and determined that that was going to, um, he was going to have that for uh, when he woke up this morning.
1: Hey Terry, we have a question that we really like to ask our guests. Um, so I would love it if you could tell us what are three things you're optimistic about over the next twelve months.
2: Uh, the economy, um, I believe wholeheartedly, and and everything the way the economy is going, uh, the, uh, I believe that, uh, but. It's been going on for the last couple of years, too, but for me anyway. Um, But I think that is uh, a big, strong plus uh, in where we're going. Uh, The more money we, you know, people, I think, uh, forget this part. But in order to get money, we have to spend it, you know. And uh, we can't, you know, the law of accumulation is in order to accumulate, you have to be willing to let go of it. You can't hold – my dad says it would be great if, if money had handles on it. We could hold on to it, you know, because it's <laughs> um, just the way it is. So um, I'm very positive. I feel very good about the direction that that businesses are going in today and the possibilities of, of where it could go. Um, that's one of the reasons why I'm getting now on podcast, because I want to make sure that I get my name out there. So when all this stuff uh, happens, that I'll have a brand that goes uh, with that. Um I also uh, am very confident in um, the businesses that I work with. I can't speak for all businesses, but I can speak very confidently for the ones that I work with. Uh, And most of my clients have been with me for three years or longer. Uh, All of them are still contributing to the bottom line. They're still uh, growing so I'm very confident that if uh, we put some uh, direct mail or some direct marketing uh, into place, and I was going to mention this a little earlier, you know, I started this business in 2005, and this was just before the uh, Web 2.0 hit, social media hit. What if I'd have been that person that said, that'll never last, right? So I've, over the 10 years, guys, or last 10 or 12 years, we've seen a lot of changes in, in the way we go to market. So we should be, um, be excited about some of the new things that are coming out, which is video and, you know, Web 3.0, like Instagram. And there's, these things are these different tools that were being, uh, um, you know, uh, handed to us this, these, in this day and age is something I'm excited about, too. Where can we go from here if we keep using technology?
1: Well, Terry, thank you so much for spending so much time with us today. I know that our guests are really going to enjoy hearing all of the great wisdom and um, items that you've shared with us today. It would be awesome if you could let them know how best to connect with you.
2: Okay, I uh, will. Um, first, uh, two different websites, Ogburn's Business Solutions. Remember, there's a lot of S's there. And also terryogburn.com. Um Also, uh, Facebook, Terry Ogburn, LinkedIn, Terry Ogburn, um, Twitter, Terry Ogburn. uh, All of those are there. Um, I also have a gift for your clients um, and yourself. If uh, it's a coaching session with me, you simply go to uh, either one of my websites, click on the contact us button. Uh, there, uh, drop down will happen. You can put your name, uh, your email address, and the uh, challenge that you're having. I want to work with any one of your listeners that has a challenge. No sales pitch. I'm not interested in upselling in any way. It's just taking a challenge that you or your listeners would have, and let's work on it together, and let's come up with uh, solutions for it. And that's the best. That's the best I can offer you guys for today.
0: That's a great offer.
2: (laughs) We appreciate it very
0: much. I love that, that you're willing to give. You know, it's not just about getting. I tell people the best way to find success is to first find significance. And the only way to be significant is to be intentional about showing up in the world and being of service and of use to others um, and seeing their lives change. Uh, So I really appreciate it. And um, you've been a wonderful guest.
2: Well, thank you. Um, One of my contributions or one of my give back is i'm a shriner and if you guys don't uh know what shriners do we have 22 hospitals throughout the world uh where we help children and they're our kids and we help children whether they with uh, born uh born def- uh, with defection uh, leg um legs arms whatever cleft palates and we do this uh from our hearts uh we raise over two million dollars a day uh, for these children. And we expect nothing in return. Um, in fact, like if you give us, if you wanted us to come and, and sponsor something, you would pay us to be a sponsor instead of us paying you. So when you get down there and see those kids and when uh, them, I tell you what, it makes, it makes giving a whole lot more fun.
0: Well, I can hear it in your voice and you sound like a very compassionate and kind gentleman. So I appreciate you very much. Thank you so much. Well, this has been another episode of Uphill Conversations. Always remember you can be more, do more and have more. Your reasons for being, doing and having are for you to figure out and not anyone else. Always remember your current condition does not match your emerging future, and it never will. Anything worth having is uphill. However, you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. But most importantly, you will see people like me, Megan, and Terry on the hill.
2: You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.